Hello, Ernest. Hello, Ernest. How are ah, you today? Good to talk to you again. Missed you last week. Uh huh. And I'm I want to make a. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, um, you are a PhD, correct? Correct. So people call you Doctor Prabhakar or Doctor Ernie. Ernie. Yeah, that's that was my uh, online domain name and handle. Um, even though you're, even though you're not a medical doctor, I'm not a medical doctor. I'm like the rest of my family. My father likes to say, "Not the kind of doctor that does any good," uh, based on an old joke by Robert Milliken. But uh, but but you still a doctor. You still did a a, a lot of you know, took a lot of effort yeah. and yeah, work and study to get that. Technically a doctor, but not culturally a doctor. It's an interesting cultural phenomena that the word that a doctor of medicine, perhaps because it was the only one that most people encountered on a regular basis, became the cultural reference for the word doctor. Just like the word American refers to primarily citizens of the United States rather than other residents of North America or South America. Yeah, but that would be like for uh, U.S. Uh, you know, citizens of the United States in the rest of the world. Right, yeah. Is that the term is more general, but in practice, it always refers to one example of it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just uh, mentioning this because, you know, in the last few days, there have been uh, missings about Dr. Jill Biden not being a doctor, where she is. She's a PhD, she's mm. multiple. Yeah, and, and some, some moron is saying that she's not a doctor, so... Even though, yeah, I don't know if you heard that. I guess you haven't. I'm blissfully unaware of most controversies swirling around these United States. So, uh, it helps my blood pressure considerably. Okay. Anyway, I just wanted to mention that you're, you know, the audience probably knows that you're a doctor, but I want to mention that you are a doctor, regardless of speciality. All right. Very good. So, so uh, I uh, we were going to discuss uh, billionaires. Oh, yeah. Uh, which one? Billionaires. Billionaires, yes. The phenomenon of being a billionaire yes, um, in the process of winning one and uh, the contrast to uh, other things. And I think that there were two, um, two key aspects of it. To be a billionaire... You have to obsess over a hugely important problem that no one else has properly understood. And secondly, you have to find a small group of people who will pay you for it that can expand into a much larger group. Those seem to be the key uh, attributes that, uh, um, you know, Generally true for successful entrepreneurs, but is especially true for those who can sort of reach escape velocity and go into truly massive global impact. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe you can comment on that for a bit. I have to actually jump on another line real quick and make a phone call for my kid's school. I'll be right back. Okay. Yeah. All right. So okay. I'll speak about my, uh, and then I have to restate it for you when you come back. So. <laughs> Anyway, 
Um, my uh, article, well, there is a thought that I was having in the last few weeks about how to ensure that, that a um, community that is not profit-driven still be um, able to operate in a profit-driven world. Uh, so you know we have capitalism and and all his you know its uh, drawbacks with some benefits, mostly for uh, people that are rich. Um, so you know um, an, an entity, an organization, a community that spouses uh, currency-free interactions. That is where people do things for each other, not because of the profit motive, but because of mutual benefit um, and, and the benefit of individuals that are part of the community. But to uh, to thrive and be able to, in for lack of a better word, compete with entities who do not espouse those principles, uh, this entity still has to operate uh, with uh, capitalistic uh, within the capitalistic mindset. That is, other entities have to view this entity as profit-driven and profit-motivated, even though the principles of the entity are not profit-driven and profit-motivated. Uh, are you back? No, I'm back. Okay, so let me summarize <clears throat> what I just said. Uh, I, I told you that a few within the last few weeks, I was thinking about how to create an entity, an organization, a community that not only uh, adheres to the principles of uh, uh, not being profit driven, right? Not being uh, guided by for the accumulation of, of uh, power, but even though the entity has to, you know, follow those principles, it still has to operate in the milieu of the, of the capitalistic society, right? So other entities that do not, you know, that still are profit-driven, they have yes. to view this entity as an equal, so that you know. Yes, yes, yes. It, Are we still that. here? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm okay. finished with my so, obligations. So. Okay. So uh, as, let's call it capitalistic entities have to view this other entity. Let's call it non-capitalistic entity for just to identify it. They have to view that entity as an equal or at least as a peer in this capitalistic world so that um, things can be, can be smooth, so that you know the entity is treated with respect when it comes to uh, capitalism, but the entity itself, uh, even though, let's say, its lower parts deal with capitalistic practices and policies and, and behaviors, uh, the uh, entity itself can serve as a, uh, for this community, it can isolate them from those practices and behaviors and, and mindsets. So how do we make this 
non-capitalistic entity be able to operate in a capitalistic world. So um, it's, you see entities that call themselves non-profits, some of them try to adhere to that uh, principle or, or classification, actually, of non-profit. Others uh, are just as, as maybe even more uh, uh, evil than the pure capitalistic entities, as we have seen with uh, the uh, what is it that uh, Trump's organiz uh, the organizations that uh, call themselves charity organizations, but they have never donated anything to charity. It's, uh, and, and you know that in New York, that those entities were um, closed because it was proven that you know that was just uh, cash, a source of cash for the Trump family. So even though they call they call themselves nonprofit and spouse to help charities or freedom fighter is another man's terrorist. Right? Yes. Just because they call it not, there, there are many worse motives than profit out there. I think it's kind of the other way of looking at it. Oh. Just because yes, you're yes, not driven so. by profit does not mean you're driven by something better. Mm -hmm. So, yes, they said they just cover themselves in the nonprofit char charitable, you know, uh, uh, identity, but in fact, they are not. So, uh, what was I? Um, so, how do we create an entity, an organization, a community that has the same motivations to succeed and to become strong that companies like Apple, Facebook, Google have. You know, they do every, I would say 95% of what they do is to create profit. So that's why they have the power they have. Um, Facebook is, is its purpose is to- Sorry, I missed that part. Uh, I think I missed a crucial word in that sentence. You said 90% uh, of what? Oh, 90 or 95 percent of what they do is the is, uh, the purpose is to generate profit. Right? Ah, uh, so. okay. So I think that maybe there's a um, um, a, um, a a terminology here that's worth uh, uh, clarifying. Um, you know, profit by definition in a free market, which is not, we don't live in a perfectly free market, there's also distortions of manipulation. But roughly speaking, profit in a free market means that people value something you create more than it costs you to make it. And so I would say that, uh, you know, you could equally well substitute the statement is that most of the reason these companies are powerful is they make something that people want. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, that is correct. And, and they're arguing how much they make people want them, uh, and especially as they get larger and they have more market power. But at least the reasons they got big in the first place because they genuinely made something that people wanted. That, yes, correct. In the case of Facebook, though, uh, people are, or, or their main customers are the advertisers, not the actual human beings, even though that's what people perceive, their actual, the, uh, let me refine that, the actual and purpose of this uh, organization is to enrich their owners. So that's their uh, guiding. You know, it's funny, actually, 
that's a optimistic, that, that, as I said, that is sometimes an optimistic view. There's two different credit, critics of Facebook, by the way. Mm-hmm. One is that they are purely motivated by profit and uh, are, you know, abusing people because of it. The other is actually even more scary with the idea that Mark Zuckerberg has a utopian vision of a connected world that he wants to impose mm-hmm. on everyone. So uh-huh. uh, to, to, in, in that sense, the discussion about profit is almost secondary. <laughs> well, uh, in, in whether or not they're good or bad is not necessarily strongly correlated with whether or not they're profit driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, so anyway, I guess the, the the but the oh, sorry, I, I think you're going somewhere with this. I should stop interrupting. Sorry. Oh, okay. So uh, yeah, in the case of Facebook, like you said, exactly. Uh, you cannot go into Facebook unless you are part of Facebook. So we have it's it's like the internet is going in reverse. You know, we are, we started with at least regular people started with American Online, uh, CompuServe that were islands on, of themselves, and that's what people thought about the internet, right? Then uh, those companies uh, lost power, or or the internet itself became more. People were it's like you were in a park and you walked in the trails that they set up for you, but then people were more curious and then they venture out, you know, into into the actual nature or the actual internet instead of just uh, seeing AOL as the only, uh, America Online was the name. So if you're online, you are in America Online. Uh, but now we have, you know, multiple services. People can even just uh, uh, kind of, get in touch with the raw internet in, in some sense. You know, they can make web pages and they know how to deploy them. So people are accustomed to now the internet being uh, uh, free access in most cases. Uh, you know, there are exceptions such as the New York Times, that is a publication that you have to have a membership to. Uh, but in the case of Facebook, even though it started in the open internet, it has closed itself. So. I cannot tell people, hey, you know, go into uh, see my uh, Facebook page, and without them being able having, they have to be part of Facebook to see my page. So that's where you know, the Mark Zuckerberg, you know, trying to impose Facebook on the world uh, goes, uh, and that's I that's good, especially with the immense power over Facebook that uh, Mr. Zuckerberg has. Uh, if it's not his way, it's not going to happen. So people, in, right, well, and, and, my... I mean, to be fair, uh, mm-hmm. there's um, there's multiple things at stake here, right? Because uh, um, for example, from a privacy perspective, uh, you know, I think there was a time I think where Mark Zuckerberg would have preferred to have everything in the public internet, and I think that uh, other considerations drove it closed. So. You know, the the causality and the biases of personal versus legal versus profit are somewhat more complicated. But anyway, let's go with where you, so, uh, help me out with where you're trying to go with this because I think I've lost the connection to our yeah, so, uh, billionaires. Mm-hmm. So uh, Facebook slash Zuckerberg's uh, motivation to uh, be in business is to make uh, Facebook more powerful 
and for people to depend on it, right? Uh, to the detriment of anything that is outside Facebook. Uh, right, and, and where, let's be clear about this, right, is that they, 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 and I think this is a fair statement, every entity has a default desire to perpetuate itself and a default bias to consider whatever is good for that entity to be uh, an absolute good. Let's call this the, for lack of a better term, the selfish, the, the selfishness principle. Is that apart other really strong considerations, we all tend to assume a, that we deserve to exist, and b, I have a right to do what is good for me. And uh, corporations are, and nation states to to a similar extent, are the most large scale mechanisms we have found for expressing that desire, which has a number of uh, good uh, uh, consequences and a number of really bad ones. Yes. So uh, we have other types of organizations such as Apache, Apache.org, for example, who uh, It'll be more precise to refer to the Apache Software Foundation as the legal entity. Yes. Mm -hmm. So they want to uh, give to the world. They want to give to organizations, to people, to offer their services, mostly for free. They are entering into other uh, profit generate uh, revenue. Well, let's be more precise here. We're say right. Their products are available for free. Their services, mm -hmm. in fact. Uh, are not necessarily, right, is that they have yes. a set of things that they charge for and a set of motivations. Um, but, you know, but so there are large classes uh, and, you know, there's also, there's, um, but yes, Apache, the Apache community and open source community in general, they tend to exist to put, to create public goods. Right, things mm -hmm. that everyone's partake of with minimal restrictions, and you know, it is uh, generally hard to fault people for doing that. I mean, there's certainly a lot of net public good created by such organizations. Mm -hmm. um, and one second, I just gotta say something to uh, you. Keep talking. Right. Oh. Okay. So, and. We can say that the Apache Software Foundation is good and it, it wants to spread good in the world. But precisely because of that is that they are not as powerful as Google or Microsoft or uh, Apple or Facebook because they are uh, they are like a, they want to benefit the world. They they are not mainly to benefit themselves. Uh, they want to be helpful, and that's why they're not as powerful, which is, it's, it's, it's well, that's sad, interesting. but... So, so, certainly the statement they're not as powerful is one thing, but it's not mm -hmm. obvious to me that that is the reason why. For example, the Apache Software Foundation is way more powerful than most small businesses. In fact, one could make a case that in the early days of the Internet, it was more powerful than most large businesses. Mm -hmm. But it's right? powerful now. The issue is that 
And, you know, another example is the W3C. You know, they're mm-hmm. clearly one of the most altruistic endeavors in human history where Tim Berners-Lee decided to turn the web into a consortium rather than a business, the way Mark Andreessen did with Netscape. Mm-hmm. Right? And mm-hmm. so I think the point is that there's two things that have to happen. One is you have to create a lot of value in the world. And second, you have to capture a chunk of it. And one could argue that uh, about how much they capture, but it's also mm-hmm. hard to, um, I mean, like the W3C clearly created a lot of value, um, but it's also, you know, because of its structure and its politics, it, it also impeded a lot of value creation at various points in its history. And it mm-hmm. also had an open governance structure, which allowed it to become uh, reformed or self-corrected, depending on how you want to look at it. So it's not clear that intrinsically a nonprofit structure isn't more powerful. I mean, one could certainly make a strong case, I think. I mean, it's not a slam dunk case, but it's a compelling case that the United Nations, which is a nonprofit, has an enormous amount of power. Uh, including the fact that I think they charter the uh, IETF and ITU and all the organizations that officially regulate the internet. And that is certainly not a for-profit entity. However, so, you know, there's a caveat there with your example of the UN. There are a few members of that organization that have incredible power. Russia, United States, so yeah, but, but first of all, but my point is, is that profit isn't really the relevant factor here, mm-hmm. right? The, the factor is um, really um, a couple of things, uh, which I think are, are not worth disentangling. One is how much value they have created for the world um, and for you know, however you define the word, or at least for some population. And then the second is how effectively they have leveraged that value creation to give them uh, influence over what happens next. And I think that's a better framework to use to think about this, because I think W3C is a good example. So W3C had a lot of moral authority and a lot of, of credibility uh, based on having stewarded and the act of renunciation where Tim Berners Lee did it. And as far as I can tell, they squandered it for most of the 90s, pursuing esoteric academic ideals like XML, XHTML, and the semantic web, which I think the consensus is have been almost completely useless to the real world. And so I put that as, I mean, I can't blame them. You know, how many people can be the geniuses multiple times in a row and get it correct? Um, but, you know, if in an alternate universe where uh, Tim Berners-Lee himself had an epiphany or he turned it over to a different group of people or the different governance structure, one could have imagined the um, W3C having vastly more power and influence over the structure of the web. Like for example, if some of the problems that Facebook solves for the web in the US or WeChat solves for the web in, the, in China had been solved by Tim Berners-Lee and the W3C, we might live in a very different universe. Mm-hmm. 
And at this point, it's just that, yeah. these problems are really, really hard to solve. And when somebody solves them, they gain enormous power by doing so. And the interesting thing, and I think that even looking at it from a capitalist perspective is a, uh, can be misleading. Um, to me, the real interesting uh, distinction is between, and this is a topic we've come back and forth many times, between having a, so a single large community where you try to make decisions by um, politics, for lack of a better word, and within the organization, or a bunch of autonomous discrete entities that function in an open market, whether it's financial or an open market of ideas. And that there is a, um, um, essentially it's, it's a matter of individual voluntary decision. And I think the important point is, this, let's call it this the, uh, the top-down approach. The top-down approach is to say, hey, let's all get together and come up with our best ideas and argue about them and reach a consensus and move forward together uh, as a sort of single cohesive entity. And the other is, we have no idea what we're doing. We're just going to each do our own thing. And each one of us has to individually win over the people around us to support our ideas. Mm. And I think the interesting distinction is that whether you embrace the, the, the concept, I mean, uh, of, I say, I say ah, sorry, this is the right metaphor, the cathedral versus the bazaar. I think we've discussed this before, haven't we? Mm, yes. Right, and what people forget, he wasn't, when Eric Raymond coined that, he wasn't arguing for uh, open source versus corporations. He was arguing for the bottom-up view of Linux versus the top-down view of Richard Stallman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think one can make a fairly compelling case that the W3C became a cathedral. And that was why the web and that failure to solve these real problems was why for proper corporations eventually solved, uh, succeeded in solving them. And figured out how to leverage those solutions into extremely powerful entities that are themselves, you know, uh, you know, a source of grave concern for the health of society and democracy. Mm-hmm. And it's worth asking the question. So, so I, I think it's just simple to say, well, uh, I don't think it's necessarily, I shall make the argument, the, the, the total argument. I don't think it's the selflessness of public corporations that made them more powerful. It was, in fact, their altruistic incentive uh, that actually helped them. Their other, in a perverse way, I think Facebook was more other. Maybe empathy is a better word than altruism. The the financial incentives of Facebook uh, were more effective at solving these problems than the altruistic incentives. Uh, underlying the W3C. Mm-hmm. Still with me? Yes. Okay. So, so and, and I think the, and, and I think you know this is this is back to another point is that um, which I want to get back to, um, which is that do you want to be a critic 
or do you want to be as effective as a billionaire? Uh, the, 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 okay, the billionaire aspect is uh, when I was thinking of, okay, well, we need a motivation, uh, a, a, a motivation to be, to strive to be as powerful as a Facebook but also uh, want to uh, uh, empower other entities. So whereas Facebook has taken, for example, has taken the, the, the need that people need to communicate and, and to group together, uh, it has actually uh, uh, dominated that area. Okay, so you need to speak to your family. You have to go to Facebook because everybody's there. So it has taken over that field of, I mean, that's, of humanity. Very strange, I mean, and I think that's a very. I mean, I don't certainly need Facebook to talk to my family. I use WhatsApp. Well, I guess WhatsApp is okay. Well, I use WhatsApp. Do, I guess that's sort of in the same order. Yeah, WhatsApp using. Well, they're like yeah, certainly Facebook has done a lot, right? But, but let's be clear, okay. Uh, there's lots of reasons to complain about Facebook and lots of things mm -hmm. they're doing which are deeply morally, ethically, financially, and politically disturbing. But mm -hmm. give the devil a due. They pretty much earned that the hard way. Right? I mean, yes. they're, you know, they, they offered it by providing an important service for people that was not available anywhere else. And Zuckerberg in particular did an insanely brilliant job of navigating mm -hmm. the company through a huge host of different. Uh, and I really think uh, he's got his blind spots. God knows we all do. But he generally had this desire. He really likes, as a moral good, the idea of connecting people, even against their will. Mm -hmm. now, and that was what, and that is why he is so powerful. Exactly. You know? And that was he, he, to maintain his power is, is, is highly questionable. But the reason he became so powerful is he solved a really important problem that he really believed, I, and actually it scares me, I think he actually does sincerely believe that this is a force for human good. Uh, and and it is, that is correct. However, it doesn't belong to Facebook. Now, in, in this world, in, in our reality, you know, we, where we have advertising, where we have uh, 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 entities selling personal information where, and selling access to people, that's the reality where Facebook is successful. In the reality where the individual individual rights are, are primordial and fundamental, that Facebook would not survive, and that's so, the so kind sorry, of so, slow down, slow down. What individual right um, are, are we talking about here that would? Uh, uh, so. I certainly, you know, I certainly would not mind a world with which where we had much stricter regulations and the sort of snooping and stuff that Facebook does. But a world where Facebook has access to, you know, to people's voluntarily posted information and is able to advertise to them based on, you know, what it actually knows and what people have said about themselves, you know, yeah, it might cut down their market valuation by a factor of a ten, of ten. Or twenty, but they would absolutely survive, right? Because people would want to use the service, and that there would be some way for them to get compensated for that. Exactly, <laughs> and that, what what I'm driving so, so at is, is this, but, but 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 you said Facebook can't survive. Facebook Facebook will survive as long as it provides a useful service that people want to use. 
how much exactly. money they make, how much power they have is a separate question yeah. from whether or not they deserve to exist. Mm-hmm. Now, now that's what they, you like to say. Is, yeah. And, you know, it's easy to throw stones at the people who have succeeded and say, well, they haven't earned all of their success. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Okay. But uh, they've earned a huge chunk of it, no matter how you slice it. Yes, but and again, it's, it's but the reality that is the reality that we we are living in right now, where that is uh, dominated by capitalistic policies and 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 so, uh, so, points so, of so view. You, you live in a strange reality, Ernest. Um, our financial transactions are dominated by a financial system of capitalism, right? But mm-hmm. Um, there are gazillions of entities that are, do not operate according to capitalistic rules. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they have created services for their members uh, where people operate on the basis of trust and reciprocity. Um, for example, uh, city-states, uh, cities, towns, families, clubs, right? mm-hmm. all these organizations exist. Um, and yes, the, the statement is that our basic uh, I say no. So many of our basic services are provided by capitalistic entities. Many of them are provided by civil entities. And um, the real question I have is, is your beef with capitalism or do you just dislike the idea of people making their own choices? No, I want people to make their own choices. But I want okay, people but to have real but here, choices. This is, well, so here, this, is, <laughs> this is where I think maybe you're an idealist in a certain sense of the word. What do you mean by a real choice? Because the reality um, is, is that all choices are in some sense artificial based on the categories and the options we have available. Right? And so, yes, uh, the choices we have available are skewed, but, you know, everything is skewed. Like I said, in the idealistic, you know, pre Facebook, pre Google era of the web, which was dominated by Yahoo. Um, which we probably remember fondly only because they failed, right? If they had been more successful at buying up hot new internet properties, they would probably be as reviled as uh, Google and Facebook is now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the concept of being able to find people you knew by name was unimaginable. So Facebook created that opportunity and it gave people the choice to opt in and opt out, right? You can mm-hmm. not use Facebook, as I try very hard to, and my experience is no worse than it was on the web in 1990s, and in fact, most ways, vastly better. So it's hard to argue that Facebook's growing dominance has reduced my choices, except for the fact that it, if I have people say, well, I only want to be messaged on Facebook. I think that's mm-hmm. a foolish choice, just like I think it's a horrible choice that you have posted your primary nerd uh, documents on Facebook, but that is your choice. Mm-hmm. Right, that's a trade-off you make, and we say, okay, I don't like that trade-off, and that's fine. Uh, there's a lot of trade-offs that I don't like about this world or any world, and the question is, how do you give people a better choice? Well, by uh, a a choice that uh, is not determined by just one individual, like so. Wait, Facebook wait, is, is I, I lost a, a the choice there. Oh, um, by providing options to avoid Facebook yet 
have the same, not have the drawbacks of um, I uh, put you you're in my contacts, right? And there are apps that Facebook publishes that their job is to gather information uh, from your phone and and siphon it to Facebook. So if I I put you in my contacts, um, th that's what there's a name for this. It, well, it's uh, okay. Uh, but so 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 uh, Facebook. Did all sorts of crazy games, and a lot of their competitors did too. And Facebook allowed it. I mean, Facebook gave away their crown jewels for a long time, and then they stopped doing that. But the point is, is that look, um, you, you, the thing is, is that this, this is what I feel like you're upset about. Uh, in the world before Facebook, um, you didn't have Dave Hampton Gorilla Facebook to have to fight with. The fact that people were choosing to use it, were used to using it, and so forth. But you know, this is not like life was in the, the, the dark 90s with Microsoft and Windows. Okay, in the mm -hmm. 1990s, you don't have to remember this, right? Is that like all innovation in the entire industry was constrained by Microsoft. Everybody had to use a Windows PC. All business applications had to run on Windows. All uh, apps had to use the Win32 APIs, right? And like, it was inconceivable to try to do anything in the desktop PC industry uh, I mean, Apple had its own issues with its own self-inflicted wounds. Um, but regardless, you know, it's like, well, you know, if I wanted to do something that competed against Microsoft, I was utterly and completely screwed because there was really basically mm -hmm. no option, okay? Compared to that, it's really hard for me to say, yeah, there are some obstacles. But the real obstacle that you and I face in our efforts to fix the world is that people are basically happy. The systems they have work for them more or less. And in order mm -hmm. to get them to switch, we have to offer something, I think Jeff Moore said, you know, five to 10 times better than what they currently have for them to give us a try. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's hard. It's not because Facebook is evil or Facebook is powerful. It's because it basically works. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to say, "Hey, I want to compete against Facebook. I want to bring Facebook down." No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I want communities, societies, to have their own infrastructure, digital infrastructure. But why? Infrastructure. Why? Be because. Because. Nobody else can. So because. No, Here's the problem, Mike. Okay, you may want. First of all, you haven't convinced me that you really want this anyway. I, I totally want to, but in this world right now, it's almost impossible to convince anybody to switch. I don't right. want people so, to switch. So, so you yourself do not find sufficient benefit from opting out of the current system to choose an alternative. Be, because we don't have right. an alternative. What you're saying is we don't have the yet. rest of the world worse. So your option is more powerful? No, no, no. I am saying that I, I want to find a few people that agree okay. with my point of view so that let's get together and build our own infrastructure, communications, everything, you know, messaging. Yeah. Everything is different. But why should anyone want what to do that? Do, because I do not like the Facebook of, of the world. Okay, the Facebook like of the world. Like, no, no, no. I don't but like let me tell you why. The American flag, right? So the point is I, that. So we were talking about we were talking about values. Remember, we were talking about values and principles and ideals. 
I yeah, want like to you have not convinced me that you have a positive value that you are pursuing that actually matters to you enough to give up the luxuries of the existing system. Because I, I haven't built that system yet. I want to be able to build it and then you have to live in and it. The, the people and then versions of that system. And you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you've been pointing out to me like Mastodon and things like that, right? Mm-hmm. And the point is, is that, well, yes. here, but here's the problem, right? This is what I mean is the problem. You have to, like, you could say, I would love to live in a world where everyone did X. Okay, that is, uh, so, like I said, okay, there's things you can, let me just give you a category again. I think we went through this before once, right? The critic just said, this is bad about the world. It has these flaws. You know, okay, that's an important role. We need critics. Uh, maybe not as much as they think we do, but we still need them to point things out. And all critics say, okay, this is, there's something wrong with the world. Okay, that's stage one. Stage two is the artist. Where you paint a picture of a world that actually uh, gets people in love with the idea of what it could be like. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's the actual innovators. Uh, I, think the men of, I think actually there were the artists, and then after that was the men of ideas, and then the men of action. It's rather mm-hmm. fast in patriarchal terminology, but uh, it is what it is. So, you know, the. So, uh, so you're okay on the critic side. Okay, your criticisms of, of Facebook are, for the most part, understandable. Like, okay, um, you haven't um, really convinced me exactly what your critique. I mean, I, I think we agreed that there's some general things we dislike about capitalism, um, and it's you know overlap with uh, modern liberal democracy and things like that. And so we'll just sort of take that as a given that the criticisms are on target. And compelling, mm-hmm. and there's plenty of ones out there available. The, 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 the thing you have against me of A, that other than, well, if everyone in the world did this, we'd be better than Facebook, you know, maybe. But other than that, I haven't really heard a great, compelling vision of any real benefit that, that says, oh, if I could just find, you know, one town or 100 people to do this, this would be so much better than what we have now. Maybe it's 15% better, maybe it's 50% better. But the reality is, and this is, you know, the harsh truth of living in a voluntary society, that unless something is five to 10 times better, people will not switch away from their existing alternatives. I, and if I, the only, I, I, and I, system I, only works when everyone is using it, then you have this impossible hill to climb. Exactly, but there's a third option. There's the option where we have. And that's not because uh, it's evil or powerful. It's because they're useful. No, we have the kernel of this idea, right? It's not going to happen overnight, right? Today, Facebook is powerful, Apple is powerful, Microsoft. You know, we cannot, those things cannot be uh, uh, toppled. But the idea of a different type of world can be, uh, uh, you know, put out there. Some people will work with the idea. The next generation will not only work with the idea, it will develop something that you know, up, implements that idea. The third generation will actually will start moving towards that, right? That's what I'm talking about. I'm not fighting Facebook. I'm not, uh, I'm saying I don't like Facebook and my values tell me I do not want to deal with Facebook. Just like if you have a circle of friends and one of those friends lies to your face, steals your money, steals your things, and you know, eventually you say, 
dude, I do not want to deal with you. You're a liar and, you, and, you, and you're a crook and you steal things. So it's not like you're going to kill that person or, right? You're going to say, I'm not going to talk to you anymore because you not, you know, uh, you do not uh, adhere to my values or you're not compatible with my values. Facebook, we, it has been, been proven. Facebook, have you? Hmm? Second? You still haven't gotten to that point with Facebook, have you? Facebook is a liar. Facebook says, and, and it's a proof. This is what confusing I'm me. Still, because I, because oh, why am I on Facebook? I'm not on Facebook. It, okay, if, if my friends were not on, and family was not on Facebook, okay, so I would okay. not be on Facebook. Okay, but right but now you, they you are. Feel like, you, you feel an obligation mm -hmm. to your social graph to be on Facebook. Right? Yes, just to be, to because it's easy to communicate. Get, yes. But yeah, because the, the value you get from Facebook, despite the enormous negative, mm -hmm. uh, uh, outweighs the cost to your soul of being on there. Yes. And you may hate it, but that's the world you, that you live in. That's the world that I, yeah, I, yeah exactly. I want positive in your existence. Right. With Facebook? Yeah, you, you, you uh, well, acknowledge that despite the huge negatives of being part of Facebook and supporting them in various ways, you mm -hmm. still feel the obligation to be on there. Because, it's because the cost it easy you socially or whatever otherwise in terms of dropping out of Facebook would not be worth it. Yes, it would, it would, right? it would severely limit the, the, my options to communicate with people who see Facebook as their world. That's the, that's the thing, that there are people, a lot of Facebook right, as but their that, world. From a raw, pure utility company. So, so, Ernest, this is the first problem you have to solve before anyone can take you seriously. How do you, what is the smallest thing that you could do that could create a world where a person like you can get off of Facebook? Because if you can't do it, how in the world can anyone else? Exactly. And you have to get I mean, a million I, other people to get yes. off of it first? We have to create that, re that reality. I have an idea of how it looks, uh, but how I need people to help me implement it, right? So right. that's the problem. That, I... This is the second problem, right? Mm -hmm. uh, other than your hatred of Facebook. So, and this is, this is so, okay, let me just watch on this here because we're uh, running on time. But, but this, is, this is the problem we have before. It's like, okay, um, what is the point of creating that other than just to, so here's the thing. In order for, for people to join you on something, they have to A, agree that the idea is a good thing. B, they have to believe that it's possible to do something about it. A lot of people agree that Facebook sucks, but it's impossible to do any better. They have to um, believe that their investment in this will pay off for them in some meaningful way. And, uh, you know, the, there has to be, and here's the thing I'm gonna keep harping on. There needs to be a minimum viable product, right? Every time you talk about, you talk about how evil Facebook is, you talk about how evil capitalism is, uh, you talk about, you know, if, if you could reinvent everything from scratch, the world would be such a better place. And the reason that I am skeptical of that is that that was what killed the W3C. They had these beautiful academic visions of what an ideal world would look like. And they ended up basically painting themselves into a corner 
and the corporate world ran circles around them, which was unfortunate and tragic. And the, um, and, and I think it's a very much a cathedral and bazaar kind of problem. And the interesting question is, you haven't been able to articulate to me, who doesn't even use Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe once a year I'll, I'll get a post or something from somebody that I care about. I do use Messenger occasionally, but you know, Facebook sucks my soul and I can survive without those communication pathways. Um, that there's anything that anybody could build in a reasonable time that would justify the effort. Oh, okay. So that's what you, you have to pick it, me. What, you, is, what is the simplest thing that you could build that would actually level some real benefit that wouldn't just be a giant okay. sink of time and money? You just said my point. You said in a reasonable time. I don't care about that. I, actually, you're not my target. Right, so, so here's the point, Ernest, is that, you, you know, so... You know who... If you don't, if you you know, know who if you don't care about building anything that people can use, then you should no, just no, no, focus no. on creating art. You know who my target audience is? Your grandkids. I don't know who your target audience your gra- is. Your, your great-grandkids. That's, that's who my target audience is. The, the, okay, so the current it, people, current generation. Yes. If that's your vision, forget mm-hmm. about technology. Write fiction. Write well, fiction uh, yes. and paint a picture of the world that you want to create. Because that's the only thing people are still be listening to for five years from now, much less 50 years well, from well, now. Well, no, but it's not just me. See, it's not just me. I want to say, I want to... I want these ideas to uh, to uh, go to the next generation. So the next generation, there will be like a, like a hundred people that think like me, and they will continue that vision. I don't care about like you know this life. I can't change it. It's it's very hard to change the life. It's a, you know uh, people like Steve, right, so, the two Steves, they did stuff, but the, my influence right, so, so, is so, more in the future. Learn to write. Learn to tell mm-hmm. stories, right? If you're trying, if you if you're trying to cha- shape ideas, if you're trying mm-hmm. to get people enamored to think a certain way, if you have something deep in your gut that you can't um, let go of, that you want to pass on to other people, then you need to create. You need to start writing. You need to actually write right. a story that paints a picture of the world that you're trying to create that inspires people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you have right you are absolutely right. Yeah. Work, you haven't really done the artist's work. And I think that's the work that mm-hmm. you have to do if you actually want to have the impact that you say you do. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't take money. It doesn't take power. Uh, all it takes is discipline. Yep. Yep. Uh, you're correct. Right. Yeah, I need to, you know, lay out all, all right. these ideas. Just, all right. All right. Gotta run. Talk to you next week, Ernest. Okay, next week. Have a good one. You like so we actually, oh, next week is actually Christmas Day, so oh, I think okay. I will probably oh. be busy next week. So let's plan on uh, uh, the week from now, twenty twenty one. Okay. Right. All right. So yeah. God bless talk you, to you next Merry year Christmas. then. All right. I'll send to you. Happy. Yeah. Okay. Bye.